0: Hot, uh, I don't know if it's coming off the pulpit or what it's doing. But uh, next Sunday uh, we have an 11 o'clock service, just like today, and no life group. 11 o'clock uh, service for New Year's Day, and then you may have noticed in your bulletin, right after next Sunday's service is the Kent and Erlene wedding, and they have invited everybody to stay for that uh, who would like to, and I know that it'll be a fun day. So. Uh, also, during the week this week, there are no midweek ministries going on. Uh, Awana's out, youth group's out, uh, Bible studies are out uh, on this Wednesday. and yeah, given everybody a time to have uh, some time with their family and travel and do some various things. We're so glad you're here today. And uh, the passage I always remember reading as a, a young child and, and even beyond is the Luke 2 passage, and we're going to read that this morning. We're going to read verses 1 through 20. If you're physically able, uh, I'd ask you to stand this morning for a reading on this Christmas morning. Luke chapter 2. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, out of the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told uh, to them. Today we're going to talk about uh, the birth of Jesus and close out our series, Call His Name Jesus, and let's pray together. Father in heaven, we thank you for the opportunity To be here on this Christmas Sunday, we thank you for the gift of Jesus Christ given to all the world. We thank you that God loved the world so much that he gave his only son for each of us. And I pray today that you would help us to personalize and to uh, take in what you would have for our lives. We ask these things in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. you. may be seated. You know, the birth of Jesus Christ is such a significant event that it is the dividing point of human history. And uh, if you even think of how it's phrased, uh, the dividing point of human history, uh, it has called B.C. in history is before Christ. And uh, you may note that some secular historians have now changed it to B.C.E., which is before common era. And so they're trying to, you know, rewrite history and take Christ out of that. But A.D. also means Anno Domini, the year of our Lord, in the year of our Lord. And and so time itself is divided by the significance of the event that we're celebrating today. And whether or not Jesus was actually born on December 25th, it doesn't really matter to us because that's the day that we celebrate the fact that he was born. And it's kind of like uh, you know, some, sometimes you have people who uh, come from an orphanage or they come from another country or they come from a different situation and they don't know the exact day that they were born. And so what that means then is you just everybody in the family says, okay, we can never celebrate your birthday. No, they pick a day and they say, This is going to be your birthday. We celebrate every year. And uh, don't pick February 29th. Okay, anybody, anybody have a leap birthday? Any leap day babies? Your grandbaby, leap day birthday? And uh, so when she's four, she'll really be 16. Yeah, so that's, that's always a fun thing. But Jesus divided human history at such a point. That it's significant because when you think about it, the dividing point in human history is not when Julius Caesar was born. It's not March 15th, 44 BC, when Julius Caesar was killed on the steps of the Roman Senate. That would be a nice dividing point for human history. You know, there's no earthly ruler who has been famous and filled with accomplishments. That has ever caused the dividing point of human history. There's only one. And he came as a baby in a manger, completely changed the world, even the universe, just by his presence. John uh, chapter 1 and verse number 14 describes how the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, that same glory that was announced by the angels to the shepherds. Glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. This morning, I want to quickly go through the parts of, of this Christmas story that are so significant. And uh, let's talk first about the providence involved. The providence. When you think of the detailed prophecies about Christ in the Old Testament and the manner in which they were fulfilled in the New Testament it's really staggering to consider God's providence. And and I want to just take one for instance here. I don't want to go through the whole prophetical record this morning and and bog you down in a bunch of details. You should study that for yourself. It's just an amazing thing. But I want to take one item. The fact that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. It was prophesied by a guy named Micah the Morishthite. All right? And it's prophesied 710 years before Christ. And it said that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem. Now, we know that Joseph and Mary and their involvement here, they both lived in Nazareth of Galilee. And that's where the child would have been born. But, strangely enough, a tax decreed by a pagan emperor named Caesar Augustus forced them to leave their home city of Nazareth and to travel to what was known as the city of David, a sleepy little village called Bethlehem. Nazareth was 70 miles from Bethlehem, if you were a bird. It was probably 90 miles if you took roads. And I realized that that's only an hour and a half in a car, but it's a heap longer than that when you're walking. Yeah, how many of you ladies would like to walk 90 miles when you're nine months with child? Uh, does that sound sound gray? Or even better, yeah, the, some of the stories say that she rode on a donkey. Can you imagine riding on a donkey when you're nine months with child? Uh, all day for several days. And, and so they made this journey yeah, just to get to Bethlehem. And, and think of it, if you're going to plan a conspiracy theory, you have to have willing participants Right? How do you suppose you get Caesar Augustus to play his part in getting this Hebrew couple to go 90 miles for a baby to be born in the prophesied place? Answer, you don't. Only the providence of God does that. And the providence of God is prominent in the birth of Jesus at every turn, at every station, no matter how you look at it. The providence of God is involved. But then we notice the participants. And the participants are, are very interesting. And when we think of the Christmas story, sometimes we get things jumbled around. And it's mainly because we have pictures created in our minds that go beyond the scriptural account. And uh, also, I think many details have been imagined by Christmas carols. And by the introduction of Santa Claus and all the different things that go with Christmas, and I hate to mess up anyone's Christmas, but there wasn't really a little drummer boy uh, present at the birth. Okay, not not sure about that one. We aren't sure if there were really three kings of Orient. There could have been many more. There could have even been less. We do know that they brought three gifts. Uh, the traditional donkey and ox and lamb aren't even in the biblical account. Of, that's not really far fetched. They were in a manger uh, in a stable, right? But we do have a unique collection of contributors who did find their way onto the pages of Scripture and who did find their way into the Christmas story. Obviously, Jesus is the focal point the babe lying in the manger. Mary and Joseph were definitely there and we've talked about their lives the past couple of Sundays in our series. And then we look at the role of the angels. And uh, the angels uh, were definitely and heavily involved in this from before the conception of Jesus Christ all the way through to his birth and even after his birth announcing that he would, had arrived. Uh, I like to think of the shepherds and to think of Uh, what a night that must have been for them as they are on third watch in the middle of the night. And it's a time when everybody's sleepy. And if you've ever worked third shift much, you know what it's kind of like. Can you imagine working third shift in the middle of a field uh, surrounded by sheep covered by wool, right, that are soft? Yeah, they're kind of snoozing along and and all of a sudden, these, the angel comes and appears before the shepherds and, and really uh, changes not only their night, but the entire course of their lives. And uh, they run together uh, to the side of, of the manger. Later, uh, the account in Matthew chapter 2 of the wise men, and they didn't come here to the stable, they came to a house. Uh, And Jesus was almost two years old when they came. But to read the account of what happened with them as they followed a star. And uh, they're so uh, interested in Jesus Christ being born, the Messiah being born, that they would be guided by something in the heavens that would show them that he would be born. And uh, you have to be pretty wise to even figure any of that out, right? How many of you can point to all the stars in the Little Dipper on a clear night? Right, it's tough for us to even figure some of that out. And they, they were guided by a star. And what an interesting thing that is. Later in Luke chapter 2, we find a, a saint named Simeon who comes to bless the Christ child. And then a, a widow who was very late in age <coughs> who comes to bless the Christ child. Her name was Anna. And, and so the, the characters involved and the principles involved, the personalities involved, And the Christmas story are wonderful. But then I want to talk about the peace. The peace that was cried out in verse number 14 by the angel. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. Now there's a difference between on earth peace and world peace. Right? Uh, World peace, by the way, hate to blow anybody out of the water... It's never going to happen. Okay, world peace, is it's out of the question. In fact, uh, all the things that are happening at the UN this past week, and, and uh, by the way, it's just a shame the way that that uh, some people in our government are treating the nation of Israel. But, you know, there's not going to be peace on this earth until the Prince of Peace comes back on the scene. And yeah, So you can just mark that down in the news... Uh, They're always going to try to talk about, we're trying to get peace in the Middle East. There's never going to be peace in the Middle East until the Prince of Peace comes. But peace for the world, peace for our families, peace for people is different than what is being proclaimed here. And so let's talk about this peace for just a minute. You know, during the reign of Caesar Augustus, this reign that Jesus would be born in, And well into the 2nd century, there was a period of relative peacefulness in the Roman Empire known as the Pax Romana. And it was into this era, or this time period, that Jesus Christ was born in Bethlehem. But more than Pax Romana, the peace of Rome, more than a peaceful reign desired by the Jews who were looking for a Messiah to usher in a thousand-year reign of peace. More than that, there is this peace that was brought by the Christ child, a peace between the eternal God and humanity itself. And through him, we can have peace with God the Father. When we talk about a peace that passes understanding, we aren't saying that you got all the Christmas presents you wanted. right? That's not what that's about. You know, we aren't saying that, that your job is perfect. And we aren't saying that your family doesn't have any problems or won't have any problems. What we're talking about is that your eternity is at peace. The thing that matters most this Christmas is your peace with God. And Romans 5, verse number 1, says that through Jesus Christ, we can have peace with God the Father. We who have been declared unrighteous, who have been declared sinners by nature and by choice, can have peace with God the Father through Jesus Christ. That's what the angels proclaimed. When they said peace on earth, they didn't mean that there was never going to be another war on the earth. If you've read history at all, there have been a few. Right? And there's always one brewing somewhere. They're talking about the peace between humanity and God the Father. And so that was the peace. I'd like to close, though, today with the pondering. Because verse 19 says that Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. She had a lot of thinking to do. I'm sure she was amazed every single day of her life after this. Because of what had happened, because of who the Christ child was, just as Mary took time to reflect on what the birth of Jesus would mean in her life, every person has to determine how to respond to the good news of Jesus Christ. And I'll tell you this on this Christmas Sunday, you will be held accountable eternally for how you respond to the news of Christmas. Later in Jesus' life, as he goes into the garden and prays, and then he's taken before Herod, and there's a crowd of thorns placed on his head, and he he goes before Pilate, and the people are cried out, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. You remember what Pilate says? Uh, He says, you want me to release Barabbas? And then he says, what will you do with Jesus, which is called the Christ? That's the question he asked. Pilate says, what will you do with Jesus, which is called the Christ? You know, Pilate came upon the question that is the most important question that you as an individual will ever face. What will you do with Jesus, which is called the Christ? Will you... Celebrate him one day a year? Will you act like he's still a baby in a manger? Or will you realize that this baby grew out of the manger and went on to become a savior who died on a cross, rose from the tomb, and ascended into heaven for all of us? The gospel is the message of Christmas. And the pondering is saying... What is my place in receiving this? What is my place in living this truth? And so this passage in the Christmas story, I think it has so many wonderful things for us on this Christmas Sunday. And I hope that you'll embrace the Christmas story and that you'll ponder on those things this morning and throughout the day and with your family. Today it's a a joy to have the boys and girls in here with us. Yeah, that's why we've gone a little shorter today, because their attention spans aren't quite as long. And uh, they look awkward when they sleep in church. So, uh, so we, we've tried to keep it a little shorter with them today. I want to invite all the boys and girls to come up on the stage with me, though. And uh, we're going to sing a way in a major together, right? So all the boys and girls, come on up here. All of you who still feel like boys and girls... Come on up here, boys and girls. Yeah. Come on. Come on right up on the stage, y'all. We're going to sing Away in the Manger. There they come. There they come. This is awesome. Come on up, Dash. Come on, Dash. Here we go. Come on, guys. Spread out. Here we go. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. All right, guys, you ready? sing it with me. Hey, kids, let's sing. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Good job, man. Good job. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.